Hey guys, welcome back to Real Talk, Let's Talk. Today we have Sydney Rowe here with us to share her story. Sydney is a sophomore majoring in psychology, Spanish, and religion. We are so excited to have you back with us today, Sydney. Um, but before we get started, we wanted to ask you a couple of questions just to get to know you a little bit better. And my first question for you is if you were to create a slogan for your life, what would it be? First of all, I'm really, really excited to be here with y'all. Thank you for having me. And if I were going to create a slogan for myself, it would probably be, if it's going to be a, a mess, at least it's going to be entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great slogan. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Did you make that up or did you get it from somewhere? I made it up. Really? Yeah. I love that. Wow. You should make one for my life, too. That, that's a good one. <laughs> Things are a mess, but at least I'm not bored. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. And to switch it around a little bit to get a little more sentimental. I know right now in the December season, we're kind of in the midst of being thankful for everything that we've been given and things that we've experienced for the past year, even though it's been a really tough one. And I just wanted to ask you, what are you most grateful for for this past from this past year? This past year has been a mess. Yes, for everybody, I'm pretty sure. But I think one of the most important things that's happened for me this year is that I've made a lot of really, really great friends who have really pushed me to grow and be a better person mm -hmm. than I was before. And I'm really, really thankful for that. That's really nice. And I totally agree. I think something about the virtual contact kind of pushes you to make friendships with people that you wouldn't have expected to grow close to, you know? Yeah, yeah I like that. Okay, my question um, is if you could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? You know, at first I was going to say pizza rolls like immediately, <laughs> but it's kind of a toss up between pizza rolls and Brookie ice cream, which is a thing that one of my friends introduced me to recently. What and I love it with my whole heart and soul. It's chocolate ice cream with cookie dough and brownie in it. Oh, whoa. And it's the best thing I've ever experienced in my whole life. Honestly. Wait, where wow. do you get that? Do you make it yourself or where do you get it? I buy it at Kroger okay. and it's literally like $2 for a big, for one of the big, like, it's like a half gallon or something. No way. And it make, it makes me like $50 worth of happy. So it's definitely worth $2. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's called Brookie? Yeah, it's so good. Wow. All right. Um, we'll have to be sponsored by Brookie at some point on this episode. <laughs> we better get sponsored by yes, Brookie. Yes, we better. <laughs> Okay, my second question is, if a movie was made of your life, what genre would it be and who would play you? Definitely Emma Watson would play me for no other reason than just I love her. <laughs> like, she doesn't even look anything like me, really. I just like her a lot. That's fair. And then a genre, it'd probably, probably be a dramatic comedy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you think it's your a mess, slogan? But... Do you think, like, yeah. your slogan would be applicable for, like, the title of this movie? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like, the the subtitle. Sydney Rowe, it's a mess, but it's entertaining. <laughs> I like that. Wow. Oh, my gosh. This is wonderful. Someone get that in production, like, right now. I know. Can somebody call know. up a director for me, please? please? <laughs> I anyone listening like... is a director or producer. Here you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just wait. Just wait to hear her story. You're going to want her immediately. <laughs> well... <laughs> And this is only part of my story. So if you're a director and you're really interested, I got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, it's like a sneak peek. Yeah. You heard it first on Real Talk, Let's Talk, guys. <laughs> the beginnings of this new movie. 
<laughs> well, thank you so much for that awesome introduction. I really hope that you get that movie um, gig, Sydney. Um, thank but you. we're really excited to have you today on our podcast. And for everyone listening, the title of Sydney's talk is Balance. Whenever you're ready. All right. So the very first thing you need to know about me, if you know nothing else, is that I have always worked in extremes. I either do everything or I do nothing. Something is black or it's white. There's no gray area. But that system does not always work out. So when I was seven, my mom was diagnosed with a brain aneurysm. They rushed her into surgery and my whole life was changed. On the bright side, my mother is a survivor of this absolute nightmare. But she left the hospital a completely different person than she was before. So brain aneurysms require a 20-year healing process. So she wasn't really capable of raising two children at that point. And yet, six weeks after the surgery, my mom, sister, and I were pretty much alone. My dad's a pilot, so he left for two weeks at a time. And my extended family lives like 10 hours away. So there wasn't really a lot of help for us. But someone had to keep the household functioning. And so I kind of stepped up to handle that. So at seven years old, I learned to cook, to clean, to help with homework, and do anything else that would make life easier for my mom. I tried to hold things together while my dad was gone. And I felt like a failure when I couldn't do it. Every time she was rushed back to the hospital, I struggled with the stress of taking care of everyone and the fear that if I didn't stay strong, then my family wouldn't be able to pull through. I learned at a really early age what responsibility is and what the real world is like, and I expected myself to be able to handle anything that the world threw at me because I'd already been doing it since I was seven. So for me, there was no question that I could handle high expectations for myself at school. After all, it didn't even come close to the things that I was dealing with at home. Because of that, I didn't feel the need to recognize that I was different from the other kids, so I held myself to the same standards that I'm sure they were holding themselves to. So, for my sophomore year of high school, I expected perfection, because I'm sure that's what all kids expect from themselves. I'm sure. A 4.0 GPA, all honors classes, five clubs, six hours a week at church, to win the Reading Bowl State Championship, because I am the biggest nerd, and to win all four levels of the National History Day competitions. But clearly, I didn't expect that from anybody else. I was that one person in the group projects who did all the work. One time, I worked with one friend for 40 hours straight on two projects, and our other friend didn't show up for any of it because she had a dance class on one of those days. And you know, I accepted that as a reasonable excuse. It was all too much. And I was absolutely miserable because I was showing compassion to everyone except for myself. I slowly realized that I also have to have compassion for myself. And I have to be a little bit more forgiving and recognize that I was in a hard situation. And that sounds great, right? But I already told you guys, I work in extremes, so it didn't come out perfectly. It worked for a little while. I was nicer to myself, and I stopped letting other people take advantage of me so much. But in my senior year of high school, I took it to the extreme. One Thursday night, my mom started acting really weird. She'd almost never tell us that she was in pain, but I always know. And this time I could tell she was hurting really badly. 
it got worse and worse. And eventually I sent my now 13 year old little sister to bed and I took my mom to the hospital. They gave her some pain medicine and they ran a few tests to be sure to be sure nothing had gone terribly wrong. And then they sent us home at around 4 a.m. I drove us home, even though I was 17 years old and most definitely not allowed to drive at 4 o'clock in the morning. And I went to school the next day. And everything seemed fine over the weekend. My mom was able to go back to work on Monday. But that Monday, I was in a chem lab doing a titration. I still hate titrations. But I was doing my titration and my mom called. She asked me to meet her at the emergency room. Her coworker was taking her there. So I checked myself out of school and rushed over there. And it was not good. We waited there while she cried and she begged me to make the pain stop. But the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong. Eventually, they realized that it was a change in her medications and we went home. But I missed almost a whole week of school trying to take care of everything during that time. But remember, I was being more lenient with myself. I was taking time for self-care. So I just shut down completely. I stopped hanging out with my friends. I didn't do any of the makeup work for my 21 credit hours I was taking that semester. And my clubs also went on the back burner. Naturally, everyone wasn't as forgiving as I thought they'd be, and my grades started to drop. I really quickly realized that just because I was going through a tough time didn't mean that the world stopped for me. You can't hit a pause button on life. I had to find the balance between holding myself to an unachievable standard and letting go of everything. I had to learn to have compassion for myself and for others while still making sure that everything gets taken care of. And I'm not perfect at it yet. After all, this took place like a year ago. But I'm getting there. When I came into college, I decided to take 18 hours my first semester. But then I chose not to do anything else. No clubs, no sororities, no job, nothing. But that was still an extreme. I became completely consumed by school. This semester, I've chosen to do a wider variety of things. But I took on too much. I'm happier than I was, and I'm spending more time on things that I enjoy, but I still have some work to do before I get to where I need to be. Everything is about finding the right balance for yourself and being patient with yourself as you get there. Thanks. Wow. Thank you so much, Sydney, for sharing your story with us. Um, So since you were one of the live speakers at our most recent COVID-friendly event, I just wanted to ask you, um, can you tell us a little bit more about that experience, like from start to finish, um, and how, what it was like for you? About which experience? About the speaking? Yeah, just like, because, so we were planning the whole thing, right? And then kind of mm-hmm. in, like right before you guys were supposed to get ready to go finish coaching and give your talks, we found out that we're kind of going on lockdown and quarantine and stuff. And mm-hmm. then like speaking at the actual event, what was that like for you? I think it was actually really, really good for me because as I was writing my talk, it was at the end of my freshman year Mm -hmm. and I had realized that I had reached this extreme where I was doing all of this schoolwork and nothing that like nothing else that I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And 
So I worked on that a lot over the summer. And as we were quarantined, I applied to be in every club and do all the things. And then when we got back to school, um, when we were able to come back in the fall, and I started finishing my talk and like going over it again to rehearse to do the COVID-friendly event, I realized that I couldn't say that I was doing way better, taking less hours, but doing more things I enjoy because I realized I was still at an extreme. And I was happier now, but I still hadn't reached that point yet. And I think that was a really important moment of self-reflection for me that came from having to push this talk back and really sit down and think about it. And I also think that being able to speak with everybody, and even though we were social distanced and everybody was wearing masks and we were outside and it was freezing, (laughs) it was still really important for me to share my story with people who... I could see we're listening and who I could see we're taking the things that I were saying in my experiences and applying them to their own lives. And that was really important for me. Yeah, we, I learned a lot from your talk too. I, I just have to say like during um, the real talk event. And I think that a lot of what you said is really applicable. Like I, I kind of mm-hmm. wanted to talk a little bit more about something you said in your talk just now on how, you know, you thought with, you living your life in extremes, there's a certain point where you realize that you can't just put a pause on your life. But that's mm-hmm. kind of what happened for everybody in the world, you know, this past March, and for some countries even earlier. And I, I kind of just wanted to see, you know, you just, you just talked about how this past semester was for you and, you know, coming out of quarantine and coming back to university. But can we go back a little bit further in time? And, and can you share with us kind of like what was going through your head when life did stop and how you kind of managed to find balance if you did and and if you had or I'll just stop there I feel like I'm gonna make this question way too loaded (laughs) (laughs) well that's a really really good question and I think with the very beginning at the very beginning of quarantine it did kind of feel like a pause button on life Mm -hmm. but things didn't really stop Because, like, yes, we all got sent home. Mm -hmm. And yes, everybody was quarantined. But there were so many people working from home. And Mm -hmm. um, everybody was working from home. There was family stuff going on for a lot of people. And things were different. But things didn't really stop. Mm -hmm. Which is something that I felt really fortunate that I already had experience with when COVID started. Because it it felt like the whole world had just shattered around you. And that everything stopped. But there were still things that had to be done. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I felt really fortunate that I had already experienced this mm-hmm. sort of earth shattering, I don't know what to do now type of thing. And had already worked out the kinks because I was able to really work with a lot of other people, mm-hmm. obviously, over phone, over phone calls and texts and Zoom meetings and whatever else, because we couldn't be in person on it- things like... I know things feel crazy, but you need to, we're going to be okay. We need to calm down for a little bit. And yes, you don't have to go anywhere, but you do still have assignments due, or you do still have that project due for work. So you you kind of became like a support system for the people who hadn't felt that way before. Yes. And I felt really fortunate to be able to do that for some other people. That's wonderful. And I think you have a really good perspective on it too, especially with like, yeah, that's wow. Like having that happen again. 
and you mentioning how similar it was to what you experienced with your family and with your mom I think Mm -hmm. that that's really amazing that you were able to use the skills that you had learned from that to help other people that's cool thank you but it was still crazy right it doesn't matter how many many times things shut down for you it's still like whoa what is going on what do I do now yeah Yeah, it's all it's gonna be a different experience you know Mm -hmm. it might be the Mm -hmm. same feelings the same emotions are evoked from something that makes you feel the same way but yeah it's a different scale I guess and and just a different feeling Mm -hmm. yeah well thank you thank you for answering that question (laughs) of course thank you for asking yeah well Sydney I think we're definitely learning a lot from you um (laughs) not only during this talk but like throughout the whole real talk experience and everything and yeah thank you again for giving such a great talk um and thank you all for tuning in to another episode of real talk let's talk um so we're gonna see you all next week for our final episode of the season and thank you again sydney thank you so much sydney of course thank y'all so much for having me and to all the directors out there if you were listening Sign her on to your next film. Hit me up. I have so many more stories. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Make sure you do. Um, Thank you again, Sydney. And Shaylee and I will also be available to play some small roles in Sydney's film. Maybe like some extras or some anything. I have always wanted to be a mailman. So (laughs) sign me up. Y'all can definitely be, like, handing me a coffee as I have an existential crisis or something. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know if coffee will help you, girl. (laughs) But, yes, I will be there for you. Yes, sounds fantastic. I would love to have you in my film. I'll hand you some some pizza rolls and some... um, Yes. What was this? Some Brookie Brookie ice cream. Brookie ice cream, yeah. (laughs) All right, well, thank you guys again. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.